Hello and welcome back to Broadcast, the number one podcast for product teams. On today's episode, I sat down with Nikki Anderson, user research lead at Zalando and founder of User Research Academy. Nikki has spent her whole career doing quantitative and qualitative user research in just about any type of business environment you can imagine. Nikki's an expert in the field of user research and was kind enough to come on the podcast to share the benefits of user research, what it looks like when done well, and what a good partnership looks like between user research and product management. I'm really excited to share with you what Nikki has to say, so let's get started. Hey, Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Hey, John, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nikki, to start things off, could you give the listeners a quick introduction of of yourself, uh, your background, and and what you're doing today? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, So, hi, I'm Nikki. Uh, I am a user experience researcher. I specialize in qualitative user research, uh, but I do have a background in quant. Uh, I just ignore that background the further away I get from it. Um, so yeah, I have, um, I have a master's in psychology and education as well. Um, and I got into the, um, into the field of user research when I was in New York City, living in New York City. Um, and that was about seven years ago now when I started my first internship in user research. Uh, so it's been, it's been quite some time and I have, um, I've worked at B2B companies, B2C companies, B2B2C companies, uh, as well as many different fields uh, in, the, in different industries. Um, and I've also worked in-house and as a freelancer. The only thing I haven't really done yet is work as, at an agency, but as a researcher uh, in different organizations, I feel like I have been an agency <laughs> uh, myself. Uh, so kind of as a service to the rest of the organization. Um, so I'm now actually in Berlin, Germany. So I moved over here about a year and a half ago. So I've been learning a lot about uh, culture and user research, which is really cool. Uh, and I currently work full-time at uh, an e-commerce website called Zalando. Uh, They're a fashion e-commerce website. And I uh, am a user research lead there. So I now have moved more into a managerial track, but I still do operational uh, day-to-day user research. And I also founded the User Research Academy back in 2018 as a way to make user research more accessible uh, for, for people who are looking to break into the field because it can be quite tricky. Yeah, absolutely. Now, your background sounds very robust. Like you've, you've probably seen it all being uh, in different countries and being in every type of business scenario. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I doubt I've seen it all, but I've seen, I've seen quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So diving into user research a bit, um, the, the audience here aren't just product managers. Like there's different parts of product teams that listen. So you might have people with user research backgrounds, you might have developers listening, marketing, um, mostly product managers though. So diving into the topic of of user research, there might be some listeners who aren't as familiar with it. So I kind of want to start with like, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about user or UX research? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. Um, I have two in mind that I wanted to touch upon. Uh, in terms of the biggest misconceptions of user research. Um, and I'm going to try to be uh, descriptive about these these two scenarios in case people who are listening aren't, as you mentioned, aren't as familiar with user research. 
Um, so the first misconception that I want to touch upon that I think is really important um, is that some organizations or um, some people view user researchers as like usability testing monkeys. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible way to put it, but it, it's, uh, it's a bit true uh, that user research actually is just uh, usability testing. And what usability testing is, is essentially taking a prototype um, and testing whether or not users understand that prototype. Um, or you could even do usability testing on a live product. Uh, so on making, making sure users understand uh, the flow and the experience and the steps in order to achieve a goal in a product. Now, usability testing as it is, as one methodology, is a fantastic methodology. Uh, but what I see that tends to happen uh, is that um, people use user research uh, just to validate solutions through uh, usability testing. So what user research really is meant to do uh, is to uncover different problems uh, and help teams work towards different solutions. User research is not there to give a team a particular answer or to say, hey, thumbs up, people loved this. Uh, so a lot of a lot of times I will see um, more junior mid-level user researchers struggling with how to change their team's mindsets uh, on on user research um, and and the fact that user research is there again to discover these different problems and help empower the team to make different decisions and better decisions. So I, I know a lot of product managers use data, uh, quantitative data. As a, as a point to make decisions. Uh, qualitative user research is just like another point. You know, quantitative data won't tell you every single thing about what you should do next. And it's the same with qualitative data. Hopefully them used together are really beneficial uh, in, in making an even better decision. But again, user research doesn't just give you an answer magically. Um, so that's, that's one. And, and the second one is that user research is expensive or takes a lot of time. This is the one that I hear all the time. <laughs> um, and I can say that I've done user research very fast and very cheaply. Uh, so there are ways around um, long user research uh, studies or expensive user research studies. Um, so I will say that I can do, and I know other user research end-to-end -end from all the way from recruitment to delivering report in like two weeks um, and the majority of that is recruitment because uh, it takes a lot of time to recruit people generally so that that shows that user research does not need to be a huge time intensive uh, kind of practice uh, and it also doesn't need to be expensive I've done user research for free before uh, with with existing customers and also with new customers, uh, but you can also um, use cool different ways to engage people, such as donating a small amount to a charity instead of giving them a voucher, um, or you can enter them into a raffle instead of giving everybody a voucher. So there are many different ways to to make user research fit into a budget and also into a shorter time frame. For sure. I think those are some great, great, great ideas in terms of like the, the raffle. So you're not like yeah. giving an Amazon card to every single person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. No, and I kind of want to go back to that, that first point you made. Um, it, it feels like, and tell me if this is 
overgeneralizing or if I'm off, off the mark here, but it feels like user research and usability testing are separated in terms of like when they happen, right? Like it feels like user research is done to help prioritize what you should be doing and usability testing is making sure that thing you prioritize is usable. Is that fair? Sure, I would, I would go one step deeper. So uh, to me, mm -hmm. user research is like an umbrella and underneath the umbrella of user research is usability testing, what we talked about of, of helping to see if you're going in the right direction with a solution and um, something called generative or discovery research. And that's what you were talking about, the strategic research that helps you figure out where you should be going, what you might be building, uh, what problems that you're solving. So user research is kind of that umbrella and under that comes that generative discovery research and then the usability testing. And ideally you do the generative research, which then in, informs the prototype uh, which then you usability test and then iterate on uh, and test again or move it to production. Beautifully said. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So you, you've been in, in user research for a while. And like you said, you, you've moved up to now more um, like managerial or leadership roles in UX. So looking back on your own career, what are some of the mistakes you made early on or some of the things you wish you knew early on that uh, you would like folks that are just starting in user research to understand? Yeah, um, something that I fell into that I find a lot of people are falling into is um, it, it's kind of a two-part answer. So I think I was going to say I have two answers to this, but I kind of have two and a half. Um, so the first one and a half uh, is that uh, I I didn't stand up for my ideas or thoughts. Uh, so I ended up defaulting to like the easiest options, such as usability testing, which then feeds into that whole cycle of user research is just there for usability testing. So when you're starting out uh, as as a researcher, you're you're not always standing up for your ideas or thoughts because you're not technically sure if you're you're right about a certain methodology. Uh, but but being being okay with with thinking about different methodologies and challenging other people on what methodologies could be used to answer a research question is a really great thing to do and a really great skill to cultivate early on. Um, and with, with that, a little bit similarly is uh, I did not want to go into design at all. Um, and in my first internship, I was doing a lot of um, wireframing and prototyping. And I felt like I had to do that in order to also be a researcher. So just knowing that if you're going into a researcher role, you don't need to do design. Uh, it's just really not necessary. And if you are going into an organization that has you doing a lot of wireframing and prototyping, and that's not something that you're interested in, that might be a red flag for you uh, looking forward because you might get pulled into that type of work rather than the work that you should be focused on, such as crafting your, your research practice. So it's really important to remember that user research is its own field uh, and you don't need to complement that with design and coding. Um, of course, if you want to also learn those skill sets alongside user research, by all means, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, but I, I just wanted to put it out there that you don't need to be a designer 
in order to also do user research. Um, and then the second mistake that I made early on that I sometimes still make is um, doing research without a real plan or purpose. So it's always very important, even if teams come to you and they're really excited about doing some sort of research project, uh, make sure that there's a plan in place of, of why you're doing the research, what the purpose is of the research and what insights you are expecting, what outcomes you are expecting and what will happen when you get those insights. Um, because if you're just doing research for the sake of research and nobody's going to use the information afterwards, you're wasting a lot of time uh, and energy and money, most likely, uh, to, to just do research just as like a check mark. That, that brings up a really good point, Nikki. So how can, how can we avoid that, right? Like, do you have any advice for how to gain buy-in before you need it? And, and what, what I mean by that is, like, how do, you, how do you suggest getting people interested in the work that you're doing before putting the results in front of them that they should be interested in seeing? Um, so you mean, how do you get people like interested in user research before they have some sort of solution or? Well, I, I guess what I mean is like some people that might be further away from what you're doing, like executives or leaders yeah. in other departments that might need this information. Like how, do you have any suggestions on, on how to get them more involved before things come out of the conversation or out of the research that they may need to know? Um, in terms of getting executives or more high levels involved, uh, that's very difficult to do at a lower level. Uh, so you would need to establish a relationship with them at like a strategic level of how user research can impact the entire organization and the company's strategy, um, which, is, which is quite challenging. Uh, I, I generally like to start first with product managers and developers and designers, uh, and, and it's a lot of education. Uh, so it's a lot of educating uh, these stakeholders how user research works, what the point of user research is, uh, how we can help, where we can help, when we can help. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a lot of education on, on your end and trying to make that fun. Uh, which can be a struggle. Um, so if if you're if you're looking to try and get more senior management involved, um, definitely education comes to mind first, and doing some studies that have an impact, and then showing them what kind of impact you have. So we've kind of looked at like what are some of the mistakes you can make. How do like who you should probably start with first in terms of influencing with, with user research and then the, the challenge of um, garnering buy-in from, from executives. But what, what are some of the benefits to an organization when user research is done right? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> of course, I'm biased, uh, but there, there are quite a few benefits. Um, I, will, I will talk about the, the ones that are probably most beneficial to an organization, which is uh, user research reduces the probability of bad outcomes. So doing research early and often reduces the probability of uh, creating an experience, a feature, or a product that does not actually solve uh, an actual problem for a user. Uh, so 
as user researchers, we want to solve real problems that real people are having. Um, so that's, that's why we do user research. So when we do this often and early, we can ensure this feature or product or experience is solving somebody's problem and actually helping them achieve a goal that they're motivated to achieve. Uh, with that, we are then reducing like wasted time in terms of design, uh, research, and also uh, development time. So that's a huge that's a huge help when it comes to an organization. And then finally, we are also reducing uh, budget. So if you think about any any kind of failed product or failed feature, um, I mean there there are plenty out there i think google has like a graveyard full of failed products and failed features uh but if you think about all of the time that went into designing and developing these features or products there's a lot in there and then they fail and then you have to redo all of that to try and find a better angle a better experience that's double the time if not more uh, so what user research does is it cuts right through that and enables the teams to make sure that they're creating the best experience on an earlier try uh, rather than going down the line five times blindly. Um, and this also really helps teams be motivated because I know that I've seen in the past when teams create these features or products and they spend a lot of time on them and then the data comes back and people are either complaining about them or the usage is so low it's basically negligible uh, it can feel very demotivating for teams so user research can ensure that again we're solving real problems that people will use uh, and that really helps teams feel motivated in the work that they're doing we kind of we just covered like what are the benefits when user research is done well and full disclosure when, when nikki and i were preparing for this interview i, I said the next question was going to be like what does user research look like when done well and thankfully she um she corrected me and said well it depends because there's different scenarios and so it, there's a few scenarios we want to cover in terms of what user research looks like when it's done well and the three that that we talked about was you know in a, in a larger well-resourced organization um what about a ux team of one and then what if a product manager was the one that was responsible for user research so maybe we can start with um what does it look like whenever it's done well in a larger well-resourced organization yeah of course uh, generally in larger organizations that are well-resourced that are educated and um truly user-centric, as in they're doing user research, not just as a checklist item, but doing it to actually inform uh, product strategy and design. Um, what this looks like is that stakeholders are asking researchers to get involved early. Uh, so it's not just the usability testing. Uh, the researchers are able to do the generative research that informs the company strategy also helps stakeholders such as product managers build roadmaps uh, to ensure that the designs that come out of these features are usability tested properly and then to be iterated on so that when the live product finally hits the hits the market um, people people are happy with it um, of course not everybody will be happy with it but 
the majority of users will be happy about it. Um, so this really helps. This really helps product product owners uh, with with building the roadmap, and research can also help with uh, prioritizing that roadmap. So, product product managers will bring user researchers in very early in that process. Um, and also, I think the sign of user research done well at a larger organization uh, is that researchers feel like they can use many different methodologies and get creative. Uh, so. Just because uh, at a at an organization you've never run a diary study before, that doesn't mean you can't. Uh, so researchers get kind of this creative freedom to use um, to use different methodologies that would that would most help uh, answer the question that's at hand, and that generally comes with a larger budget, of course, because you have a better uh, recruitment process and also uh, tooling as well. So you have a better better ability to get more tools that would help you through these more creative processes. Uh, and finally, just having uh, stakeholders involved in the actual research. And so the more user-centric and interested other stakeholders are, such as developers, marketing, sales, account management, product managers, designers, uh, pretty much anybody, um, the more interested they are and the more they come to the research sessions, the more informed they are firsthand. So um, I, that's, those are the three ways that I've seen it done really well at larger organizations. Very cool. And so going to the the ux team of one like let, let's say they're, they're they're probably working with a product manager but like there's too much to do for them to do it all so do, do you have advice on like what to prioritize or what they should focus on yeah yeah of course um so the first thing to do is templatize i don't think that's a word but i've used it quite frequently so maybe it's a made-up word but templatize and streamline anything you can uh so even if you don't have the the money for a but uh, the budget for a recruiting tool um you know templatize your recruitment emails uh templatize research plans really put anything into a template that you can then bring up and easily fill out um so that's my number one uh, piece of advice for a user research team of one uh, because that helps operate align the process um, so if you're super busy you have all these templates uh, and you can use them yourselves and then kind of to my second point you can send them to people who are more empowered in your organization so if there are product managers or designers who have conducted research before they can help you uh, by filling out these templates or by helping you with with certain areas such as recruitment or creating interview guides uh, so finding those champions and finding those empowered stakeholders um, is is also really important to to help you kind of when you're juggling everything. Uh, and then finally, um, if you don't have any empowered stakeholders in the organization, prioritize teaching people how to run usability tests, uh, how to write questions and proper research goals. Uh, it might be a lot of work upfront but what you're doing is you're investing a lot and then it will pay off later so i've always been this is i think my first role as uh on a team i'm generally a user researcher team of one um i've worked with other um very empowered stakeholders before on teams but um the first thing that i do is educate other people on how to run you know usability tests 
and how to um, how to fill out these templates properly or how to recruit on their own or how to set out set up a recruitment survey or another type of survey that they want to be using. And that has really helped me as as the sole researcher. Got it. And um, I don't think Google as a verb was a word until, you know, just several, several years ago. So <laughs> I should be the next word in the dictionary. Nice. I, I agree. <laughs> cool. So the, the, the last category, like I'm very much in this category. We have product managers, we have designers, but we don't have full-time researchers. So I find myself having to bear the brunt of the research and the usability testing but what what advice would you give to someone like me who doesn't have a research team and, and the organization may not have a research practice where, where would you start yeah of course um so i would start by doing research on user research <laughs> um so trying to find uh, information online via you know like medium or googling um, different companies such as dscout or user interviews uh, they they tend to have um, quite a lot of information on their on their company websites that could help uh, but look for templates um, look for look for ways that you can uh, adapt like a like a template research plan or a template interview guide to your organization uh, that is that is the best uh, way to way to start uh, because once you have a template you can take that and the the huge emotional and and mental investment is kind of partway done because you have just questions that you need to answer rather than coming up with this entire structure on your own. Um, also using things like Google's heart framework uh, in order to measure like the user experience, like it's a framework that is already all figured out and structured. So using those types of frameworks that are already figured out um, can also help with unburdening you from setting up this entire framework. Um, another great thing to do is practice research sessions beforehand. Like even if you don't have a researcher on your team, do a dry run before interviews with designers or other colleagues to see if what you're what you're asking people makes sense and to see if the flow of the interview makes sense another thing that you can do is you can look up there are a few different videos on youtube i believe of um good and bad uh, questions for user research um so that might help you also to inform with your question writing and how you frame different questions and so there are quite a few resources online it might seem like there are also too many resources online um, but looking up companies such as like dscout and user interviews or user zoom so big big companies in the field like you can rely on the information that they're putting out because they are pretty pretty much experts in the field all really good advice and um like, yeah i was gonna ask what resources you, you had to offer for people to go look at but it looks like you you threw out several already, and I know I'm going to go research the uh, the heart framework because I had never heard of that one. So I'm going to go look that up. Yeah, it's an awesome one. Um, I can offer a few more recommendations really quickly if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so in terms of podcasts, um, there are three that I listen to quite frequently on user research. The first one is awkward silences. Uh, the second one is dollars to donuts. And the third one is mixed methods. So all three of those are really great podcasts. 
Um, and some, some books I have three in particular. Uh, the first one is Just Enough Research by Erica Hall, uh, Practical Empathy by Indy Young, and then Quantifying the User Experience by Jeff Saros. So you get a mix of uh, qual research and quant research in those books. Um, and also reading about like other roles too that you would be working with. So if you're a user researcher, you should understand how product managers and develop work, developers work, um, how tech or, orgs run, what agile is, what scrum is, what two week sprints or any cadence of sprints are, uh, and how businesses operate. So business metrics and revenue. So understanding all of that information is very, very important for a user researcher, especially as you get to a more strategic level. Um, and then finally, I have to put the small plug in for User Research Academy <laughs> uh, okay. because I, I do have a lot of um, I do have a lot of free free content and write quite extensively for DScout and Medium um, through User Research Academy. So check that out too. And hopefully, those are some good resources to get get you started. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's great advice in general to um, to try to understand what your colleagues adjacent to you and in different departments do, because I know I try to do it as a product manager and I know other groups try to do the same thing and you're more effective when you know what your, your colleagues are doing. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And Even understanding marketing and sales and account management are super important uh, for more of like a B2B role or even B2C role as a researcher. For sure. Helps. So I'm, I'm going to link those books and podcasts and, and user research Academy on the show notes. So for those of you listening, go to the show notes, find those. And, um, Nikki, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with, with me and with the listeners. And, um, I appreciate having you. Great. Thank you so much. This was super fun and I hope it was helpful. That was Nikki Anderson, user research lead at Zalando and founder of user research Academy. Don't forget to check out the links to the wonderful resources Nikki shared. I put them in the show notes. Nikki's User Research Academy has a great range of free and paid courses and a lot of great content, so go check it out. But before you go, don't forget to subscribe and share these episodes with your network so others can benefit from our weekly podcast as well. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Podcast. <laughs>